Welcome to the Rooted Homestead Podcast, where we empower you to live a more connected, meaningful, and sustainable life through homesteading, slow living, and homemaking. We're your hosts, Heather Doig and Kendall Vanish. Everyone has the potential to live a slower, simpler, and more intentional life. With actionable tips, inspiring stories, and accessible resources, you'll be able to cultivate a lifestyle rooted in joy and meaning. Join us in planting the seeds of a new lifestyle, nurturing our communities, and growing the purposeful and contented life you are always meant to lead. We're so glad you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Rooted Homestead. Um, It's been a minute since Kendall and I actually recorded a podcast for this channel. Uh, She and I have been very involved in reading and writing, which is fun, but we also want to keep going with like other things that matter to us. So, Kendall, what have you been up to on your, like, your homemakery life oh there's been a lot going on so um yeah there's I don't even I can't even remember exactly where I left off with the last one to be honest but it's been it's been a couple of weeks so please give us some grace but um I've been doing a lot of reading and writing like you said um I also have been just working out ways to lower grocery bills and stuff and gosh it's it's getting crazy out there i don't think that i i go to the grocery store about once a week to get groceries for the week whatever we need and i don't think i've ever left there spending less than a hundred dollars in the past Mm -hmm. couple of months and we don't get a lot a lot of times like we buy meat in bulk so that we can Mm -hmm. freeze it and just cut up portions so that we only make what we actually eat and Mm. you know we're not throwing out food at all anymore either like we're really getting Mm. we really cracked down on how we're using our food and how we're managing it and all the excess stuff too so it's it's just crazy I don't yeah I'm I'm ranting a bit about groceries but I think that everybody can kind of relate to that oh yeah I went for like just some basic stuff yesterday and it was like 50 bucks yeah like it's like i'm not buying anything special i'm not yeah. buying like super organic or grass-fed meat or anything like that i'm literally buying like the cheapest coffee i can get that we still like mm-hmm. i'm buying milk and I'm not even buying like the stuff we used to buy. We've changed it now. So then we're buying cheaper milk. It's 50 bucks. Yeah. And it's, it's like a week's grocery. Like we don't, that's not including like fresh fruits and vegetables. That's not including yeah. anything like that. Well, the thing is about like fresh fruits and vegetables, you can't get a single vegetable for less than $3 now. No. Like even a, a head of broccoli is like $4 at the grocery store. And it's not even the size that a homegrown broccoli head would be. Yeah. It's like it's anemic and skinny and Yeah. And so I bought chicken yesterday and Mm -hmm. I was 
super disgusted. So, <laughs> I mean, it kind of goes what we're saying against like all these vegetables being so small compared to what they would mm. be in a garden. But I, I bought a chicken breast and yeah. it, it just looked so inflated. Like it, not the price, the actual look of the breast, it looked so inflated where it's like, bloated. like bloated and like, that is not natural for chickens to be that big. Like mm -hmm. if you compare so chickens, gross. if you compare chickens now compared to back in like the fifties, the chickens are yeah. overinflated. They're humongous and yeah. for no good reason at all. They're not getting any better nutrition. They're not getting oh. better foods or anything like that. They're it's, it's disturbing and scary. And yeah. you know, it, just really makes me yearn for the future when we can have our own chickens and our own mm -hmm. cows and our own food and grow our own crops because i i have a hard time trusting grocery store food these days me too i always feel a little bit like hesitant yeah it's yeah. i don't know what it is and i feel like that's almost it's a just very because privileged thing to say. It I'm is. Because what else do we have? But yeah. it's just like, ugh. Yeah. And I think it's just the awareness of understanding what goes on behind the scenes for a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. And understanding the dynamics of, like, soil health versus pesticides. And I don't know. It's just the nuances of knowing what... bio sludge <laughs> yeah it's and and it might just be like the more information i'm learning about nutrients and health and stuff like that too that really makes it more noticeable to me now mm -hmm. but like yeah it's it's driving me nuts and i just really can't wait to Obviously, we'll never get fully away from it, but get away from it as much as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. Get away from it more right. than I'm able to in my current state right now. Yeah. I have I have to say, this was just a really lovely, kind of mild-flavored, very green, luscious lettuce. It wasn't like a romaine or anything like that. Um, you can't get it at the grocery store because... It's like a generic lettuce that we have, but it's an heirloom type of generic lettuce, if that makes sense. I don't know. My, got the seeds from a friend, and it's hard to... It just says lettuce on the package, but the company only does heirloom varieties, so... I don't know. Um, it was just, like, mild and kind of sweet and just enjoyable to eat. Nice. That so, sounds great. Yeah, it was awesome. Now we have a bajillion pea flowers because we have sweet peas or snow peas um, on the balcony here. Nice. So those are starting to come out, uh, which is super duper exciting. I love peas. I have two varieties of heirloom tomatoes that are now planted in pots. I have striped German tomatoes, which are amazing, and then Cherokee purples. Um. Hmm. And then we have jalapeno peppers, which last year we only had one plant. And I think we got like 20 peppers from it. This year nice. we have three, maybe four plants if the fourth survives. Nice. It's amazing. That'll add some good flavor. Oh, yeah. 
just go and freeze it and it's delicious nice that sounds great and the calendula is blooming the marigolds are blooming my nasturtiums are surviving so far i've tried them this is my third year trying nasturtiums i've never gotten a flower and i've killed them every single time um and we have lemon balm that's thriving nice. thyme is taking over our thyme plant is taking over yeah rosemary's doing great snapdragons i'm really excited to have our little snapdragon garden and the wildflowers look amazing it's just it's very luscious I love that. That sounds yeah. great. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, that's that's been our garden. I haven't been doing a lot of cooking. Kind no. of been throttled by weaning hormones. Um, yeah. Nobody talk like people talk about pregnancy hormones and hormones postpartum. Nobody has mentioned the hormonal shift that comes when you finally wean your child from breastfeeding. That threw me for a loop. I was wholly unprepared for any mm -hmm. of it. And I was just like cripplingly tired. I was light switch kind of anger to just feeling whatever and neutral towards things. It was like getting whiplash from myself from the emotional shifts that were happening. And just yeah. like, yeah, it was wild. I was getting like hot flashes. Oh my gosh, that sounds awful. Yeah. yeah, it from what I then researched on the internet, it usually takes four to eight weeks. And I'm at like wow. the eight week mark and I'm feeling totally normal and human again. So that's excellent. That's, that's yeah. crazy though. Nobody yeah, talks about it. It totally threw me for a loop. We need to be more transparent about the things that women are experiencing. And also we need to stop telling women that they're not experiencing what they're experiencing right. or that they're not justified in what they're experiencing because right. so, we, women have been giving birth since the dawn of time and we still know so little about it okay so when i was trying to look up the weaning hormonal shifts one of the biggest drawbacks was that there's no research there's effectively zero research done on this hormonal shift yeah and like the hormonal shift during pregnancy and postpartum is still like it's better research, but it's not great. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of it still is subject to a lot of bias towards women. Um, but like with weaning, zero zilch, there's nothing. That's Everything wrong. you find is only anecdotal. Yeah. Cause I and, remember like, you were. Have. You were like going through it too. And yeah, it was hard. Like, I couldn't yeah. form a coherent thought in my head. Like, it was brutal. Yeah. And there's no support because nobody knows what's going on. No, no. there's been no research, there's no studies on it. It's just. And obviously, you you're not like, the first person to go through this. No, I was talking to my friend who weaned her child not that long, like maybe four months before me and she's like yeah it took like a solid four to six weeks for me to feel normal again mm -hmm. like why does no one talk about this yeah so yeah we've been kind of surviving on box mac and cheese and fried pasta <laughs> and <laughs> when I have energy 
cooking something, but it's usually easy. It's like fried rice or something like that. Um, we've been buying bread because I haven't been able to put myself together enough to make a loaf of bread. Like, I think that's fair, though. Yeah, like Peter's been taking on a lot of easy. Yeah, Peter's been taking a lot more of like the house cleaning and uh, cooking. Yes. Uh, I'm starting to take more of that back because I can I feel human again, which is excellent. Yeah. Totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was a trip. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm glad Peter is a good support for you. Oh my gosh, she's wonderful. I literally am probably one of the luckiest women in the world. <laughs> my partner's amazing. He's just understanding and empathetic and supportive and tells me I'm being ridiculous when I am being ridiculous. But when I'm not, he's very, even then, he's still like very empathetic and supportive just by nature. Yeah, we need more Peters and Aaron's in this world. Right? I love that though. Yeah, I've been more into the crunchy side of things lately. Um, I recently, so I'm really excited about this. And I bring it up to Aaron probably like once every other day or something like that, just because I'm still <laughs> just ecstatic. But I made my own deodorant. And I wasn't going to because it the recipe that I have uses coconut oil and baking soda. And baking soda can be really hard for people, especially if you have sensitive skin, which I do. Mm -hmm. And it can cause a lot of problems for people. So I was a little bit iffy about that. But then the coconut oil, I was scared that it was going to stain the underarms of all my shirts. So I didn't want to use it. And then I wondered, like, how efficient could it really be if it's just like those two ingredients plus whatever essential oil I want? So I wasn't going to do it. But I forced myself to do it anyways, because I'm like, you know, the ingredients aren't really that expensive when it comes down to it. And I do it once, figure out if I like it or not, then I can move on. Because the deodorant I was using, like, okay, deodorant, first of all, I don't want to get the basic sticks with the chemicals and all that stuff in it. I really want to try and avoid that as much as possible. So I was getting natural deodorants. And the one that I was using was not great. I still mm. felt like it was like, I feel like even right after I used it, it would still not work. It just, I still felt like I was like sour or something. And I'm like, this is really gross. Like, I don't mm -hmm. want to go out like this. So I really wanted to try something natural, but I was really sick of spending $15, $20 on stuff that just wasn't working. And I, mean, I that's didn't fair. Yeah. And I didn't want to get the aluminum stuff that I know does work because that's what I'm trying to avoid. I want to get away from the harsh chemicals that are known mm -hmm. carcinogens. Mm -hmm. I want to get away from the known carcinogens because I want to live a more natural life. So I found this recipe and I was really iffy about it, but I decided, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. If it doesn't work, I'll look for another recipe and at least I'll know that these ingredients do not work for me. Mm -hmm. So I made it and I put it in a jar, put it in the fridge, let it solidify. And now it's just sitting on my counter because it doesn't need to be in the fridge anymore. And I put a little bit on and I went for a long walk to the library and it was a really hot day and I was sweating a lot. 
And by the time I got back home, it was like three in the afternoon or something. So there was a lot of heat. I was sweating tons and got some good exercise. And when I came back home, I still smelled so clean. I was super excited because like I didn't have that with my last deodorant that I was using. I would have to reapply it multiple times just to get a decent smell. And and I'm yeah. not a I'm not a smelly person. Like I know that I'm kind of going on this rant about it, but I'm not a smelly person. And I felt like deodorant was making me more smelly than otherwise. So it so, really wasn't working with your body chemistry. It totally wasn't. It definitely wasn't. And I didn't want to use chemicals. I really want to try and stay away from that as much as possible because I'm learning more about things and I don't want to, I, I don't want to put something that I wouldn't otherwise be able to work with mm -hmm. on my body. Like, I think that's fair. I think that's a very reasonable yeah. accommodation. That's very reasonable. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I used it and, you know, it doesn't stain my clothes. I just have to use a tiny amount and it goes a long way. It lasts me for the entire day. I worked out twice one day. And still, at the end of the day, smelled great. That's it might incredible. not have. It is, and you know, it might not have, have, to have. Share that recipe, right? I totally will. I will. Maybe, maybe we'll put it in the notes. The yeah, link it um, in the show notes. Yes, but do be aware because it is um, coconut oil. It can be comedogenic, so. If you're prone to mm. pimples or anything like that, there is a good chance that it could block you up. So I, I recommend if you could substitute like shea butter or something. Oh, you totally could. You definitely okay. could. So, okay. Yeah. Awesome. I use coconut oil because A, it's called in the recipe, but it's also just lying around. So it's not a big yeah. deal for me to use it. And I don't actually have that problem in my underarms. Mm -hmm. So I'm. I'm lucky about that. So it's not a problem for me. But then baking soda is very, can be very tough on your skin mm -hmm. and can cause irritation. So if you have any burning or anything like that, be very careful. Stop using it. Mm -hmm. Maybe flip for another alternative. Um, I think I that know. you can use, um, oh, what's that ingredient called? I know. Um, there, I've seen recipes with like arrowroot or cornstarch. Yes. Um, yes. You can use those as an, as an alternative. Yeah. Because yeah. basically you just want to thicken it up so that it's not runny. You can also Otherwise, try to find a good combination of like one of those starches with baking soda. So you can reduce the yeah. amount of baking soda and see if that um, helps. Because yeah, I don't make my own deodorant, but I buy, the, buy it. And mm -hmm. the one that I have now, it does have baking soda, but it's low baking soda. Yeah. And my skin's fine with that. Um, yeah. too much baking soda hurts me. So yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, that's careful. fair. That's, that's what happens yeah. with a lot of people. So yeah, yeah you can it definitely, hard on your skin. yes. And you can definitely adjust recipes for your body. Mm -hmm. You do not have to follow what somebody else is doing just because it works for them. Everybody's body is different. Their body chemistry is different. What works for you won't work for others. Some people need more of certain things where other people don't. Mm -hmm. So exactly. Some people can get away with just using body. a slice of lime every couple of days on their armpits and they're fine. Yeah. I am yeah. not one of those people. Um, no. But 
like, yeah, we all have to do what works for us. And the, that's the beauty of a lot of these DIY recipes. You can just do yeah. what you want. Like, and like, so I made this recipe about a month ago, I think mm -hmm. it was. And I haven't even got halfway through it yet. So it lasts for a long time. It's super cheap. I think the ingredients per each time that I have to make it is comes to like less than $5. Ooh. So for two minutes of putting together and mixing these ingredients, it was 100% worth it because I'm not spending $15 to $20 on deodorant mm -hmm. every month. You are... A hundred percent gonna have to share that recipe and I definitely we'll link will. it in the show notes for yeah. everybody. I'll try and find the website that I got it from as well, just to give out credit where credit is due because it's not I'll my have recipe. To link in the show notes. That's fair. I was just gonna give you like I was just gonna give you the recipe that I have written down. But oh, no, no, we're gonna link it in the show notes. Okay, okay, that's good. That's better. Yeah, because it's not my recipe, somebody else's. So they deserve credit for it because yeah, well, I'm super excited about it though. Still raving about it a month later, every other day, bless Aaron's soul. He just, he, he's so patient. So yeah. Uh, Aaron's wonderful. He's so great. Such a, he's a good egg. Yes. We have very good partners. We are very lucky. Yeah. We are very lucky. Um, that's another thing too. And I know that we talked about this last week when we had our call, because regardless yeah. of whether we record or not, we still have weekly calls. Um, keep, keep in touch with your good friends. Oh, yeah. um, but I've been feeling very thankful and very grateful recently. And I just, now that it's kind of brought in my head again too, I just want to, want to just mention, like, I know how, how, lucky we are to be in the positions that we're at mm -hmm. where we're able to be homemakers and don't have to really fret about work and all these other things I know that especially since the pandemic but even before then you know it's not an opportunity that a lot of people get to live off of one income mm -hmm. and I've I just, I feel so grateful and so lucky and thankful for, you know, our partners and just where we're able to be. And not even just that, but to have partners that don't hold expectations over top of you and don't trap you into a court, into a cage. Yeah. Like our partners aren't trying to trap us as a homemaker yeah. They're fully supportive of homemaking because a lot of partners aren't um, yeah. because people don't value their homes and the no, care of people, They don't understand, you know, the yeah. depth that it goes to. Yeah. So like having partners that recognize this is important and you and I, Kendall, we care about this, Yeah. but also like my house isn't spotless. I have a toddler. And even though, she's in daycare it's still not spotless it's tidy it's yeah. clean um but like my partner's also very encouraging of my hobbies and things that I love to do like if I curl up with a book all day reading instead of making sure our house is spotless he's very supportive of that yeah. um and part of that is also 
the best way to foster a love of reading is to model reading to your child. Um, mm -hmm. So that's part of it. Like books are always in our house and they're just like left around all the place. And now Junebug goes into her room and like leaves three books. She can't read yet, obviously, but she loves it. She has so much fun. And like just to have a partner that's completely on the same page and encouraging of these things. Yeah, I'm wildly grateful. We're very, very lucky people. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, because, you know, a lot of people would hold that expectation that if I'm working, mm -hmm. you're making sure that dinner's on the table every night. The house is clean. I don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. Like, they, there's very much different levels of what people would expect from a homemaker. Mm -hmm. And I don't have dinner ready every night. Aaron helps contribute a good amount of time. <laughs> That's fair. But yeah, Aaron helps way... contribute a lot of the time because mm -hmm. I, I genuinely don't like cooking. And he knows that. I'll do it because I know that he's tired when he gets home and, you know, it needs to be done. But mm -hmm. I don't do it all the time. And same with, like, cleaning and stuff, too. Like, yeah. Well, we, li we live here. We all help yeah, out. Yeah, the way... Exactly. The way we kind of have it set up is during the work day, I take care of whatever I can. So like laundry going through, bathrooms cleaned, dusting, laundry put away, generic tidying of the space, organizing all of Junebug's stuff and making sure she has clothes that fit and mm -hmm. uh, appointments are made, yada, yada. I do a lot of that. Peter takes care of things like doctor's appointments. Um, and whatnot that's his job and he vacuums because i hate it i hate vacuuming but like most days i'll have dinner on the table but also when he's home that's kind of like when we both take responsibility for the house and childcare and the smooth operation of said house so we look at it kind of like a work day so during the work day that's my job but once he's home it's our job. He doesn't just shove it on me for the entire day. So I'm not working 24 seven in the smooth operation of the house. Mm -hmm. I work exclusively for that during the workday. And then whatever doesn't get done by the time the workday ends or the weekend comes, that's our job. Mm -hmm. I've taken care of most of it during the week anyways. So there's very little for him to actually do most of the time. But like yeah. weekends he'll cook. He enjoys cooking. So it's also the easiest time for him to get to cook because he's not yeah. rushing home from work where Junebug has to go to, we start bedtime by seven. We don't usually get home until five thirty six o'clock-ish. Like mm -hmm. yeah. it makes it a lot easier during the week and a lot less stressful for me to just have dinner ready. Yeah, you're doing what makes sense for your family. Exactly. That's that's what yeah. works for our family. Um, yeah. So, but also having like a partner who's fully on board with all of that. Yeah. Definitely makes it easier. A hundred percent. That's funny. So for me and Aaron, cause he commutes like an hour to work, an hour from work. So he's mm -hmm. gone for a good amount of his day. And 
yeah, I'm kind of like you where like I'll take I pretty much do all the cleaning during the day. And as soon as he gets home, because we don't have kids, so mm-hmm. we don't have to have that shared responsibility of an extra life aside from her dog, yeah. which is just managed between the two of us. But um, when he comes home from work, pretty much everything is done that needs to be done. Like whether it's mm-hmm. laundry or cleaning the kitchen or something like that. By the time he gets yeah. home, if I have dinner cooked, great. If not, he'll do it. And mm-hmm. there's sometimes because there's recipes that he really likes and he doesn't have like a specific recipe. It's in his head. So mm-hmm. he'll make it because that's what he feels like. I love it. Um, yeah, it's great. Love it. And then when he gets home, that's where my attention kind of diverts from the house to just being available to be together because Hmm. that's our only time that we get together and he doesn't work from home most days Mm -hmm. so i don't get to see him a whole lot except for the evenings so Mm -hmm. i want to keep that as open and free as possible and while we don't have kids i want to take advantage of that as much as possible too (laughs) so yes take advantage of that yeah and i mean Again, it makes sense. Like you don't have to have dinner ready by like five thirty, six o'clock because you don't. We're not rushing to feed a kid before their bedtime. Exactly. It's like it doesn't matter if you have dinner at seven thirty, eight o'clock right now. Take advantage of that. It's great, and that works for you. And that I think that's the most important part of homemaking. But I think the thing that we're both taking from this is it gives us our time Mm -hmm. when we are together as families. What, regardless of what your family looks like, yeah. having someone who is a homemaker gives you back time. We're not spending our entire weekends worried about grocery shopping, cleaning the yeah. house, getting our kids or dogs or whatever to every activity or event that we have done, and then yeah. worrying about when we're going to get all this other stuff done. At least 80 to 90% of it is done during the week because I can do it. I have the time, the resources, and the ability to do it. Um, So like, even though Peter works from home almost exclusively, he's still working. We don't get to just hang out all day long. Um, So being able to have that time is super important. I think that's kind of the biggest benefit from having a homemaker someone in your family whose job it is to be a homemaker is you get your family back and we're so much less stress because we're not trying to rush everything into the couple of hours that we may or may not have energy for at the end of the day Mm -hmm. or the weekends when we're trying to recoup our energy from Mm -hmm. being expended so heavily through the week Weekends are actually restorative. Yes. It's like sometimes by the end of the week, again, there might just be vacuuming left to do. I hate vacuuming. doesn't matter what kind of vacuum I have. I just, it's my least favorite chore. Peter does that. But that takes, what, 30 minutes to an hour in our house? It's not that much. Sometimes I'll do it during the week or I'll do the common spaces and then it's just like a f- half, less than half the house up is left to vacuum um but it doesn't take that much time june bug helps she likes to push it around and help with the vacuuming makes it take longer but 
she's entertained, so it's great. Um, yeah, so. So much less stressed. I see my friends and family that have, like, normal people jobs and everyone in the household works. And then on days off, you don't actually get to rest at all. You're just yeah. trying to power through every single thing that needs to get done in order for the house to run smoothly. And yeah. you are stressed, you're tired, you go back to work already stressed and tired, not actually having recuperated. Yeah. And I mean, I get homemaking is not for everybody, totally valid. Yeah. But I think my point is more homemaking generally isn't valued. And this is my justification. I'd, of it. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd agree with that too. I mean, yeah. people, I feel like the role is so misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely a huge bias that people think that people who don't work are just lazy. Yeah. When that's just freeloading. Yeah. And it's not the case. Mm -mm. Um, yeah. So when I went grocery shopping this week, so I go grocery shopping every Monday in the morning because that's just mm -hmm. what works for me. But you do. And, yep. <laughs> so when I went grocery shopping this week, it was raining, so of course hmm. everybody went grocery shopping at the exact same time, because what else are you going to do on a rainy Monday morning? You're going to go to the grocery store because there's nothing else to do. So I actually had to wait in line for the first time in oh. a very long time. Yep, there right. was a good like 20 minute wait to get through, and because I'm not working and I'm not confined to a specific schedule, I didn't care. I mm -hmm. had my audiobook in and I was listening to it and just waiting patiently in line. People were around me were very antsy. They were looking around and, you know, some people would talk to others and be like, have you ever seen a line this long? And just comments like that, where it's like, I can understand with them being so busy and maybe mm -hmm. they don't have the time that I have where mm -hmm. it's frustrating to wait in line. And I get that. But mm -hmm. for me, because I don't have a traditional schedule to appease. I, mm -hmm. I just got to enjoy myself. I said, you know what? This gives me extra time to listen to my audiobook because this is something else that I want to do. And yeah. I could just patiently wait while everybody else was getting very antsy and anxious and annoyed and frustrated and yeah. feeling all these different also, emotions. I can also imagine, because shift work is a big like oh, yeah. tons of people have shift work. Imagine that's your day off and grocery shopping is something that you had to do. And now it's taking significantly longer than expected. Yeah. You're like, well, now how am I going to get everything else done? Yeah. Cause now your whole entire, like I'm very much a planner. So when something mm -hmm. goes off of my regular routine, I do get pretty frustrated. Yeah. I used to anyways, I'm a lot better now because I don't have that schedule to fit everything into but yeah but yeah it's it's frustrating because all of a sudden like well now I'm 20 minutes behind on this so do mm -hmm. I do this still or do I hold that off until the next day so I can keep on track with everything else mm -hmm. like it's such a juggling act and I think being a homemaker is a very juggling act too because like if I go to start the laundry I go to my room gather the clothes and then I'm passing by the bookshelf and I notice it's a little bit dusty. So I go, okay, after I do this, I got to start dusting. So I start dusting yes. and cleaning. And then I throw out the whatever 
comes like whatever little chunks of dirt or something come off of a shelf. Mm -hmm. And I go to the garbage and I say, oh, it's full. Now I need to go throw this out. So my list just yeah. keeps extending. And I think yeah. that that's something that happens with a lot of people. I know it's something that happens, especially with women, just because yes. those yes. societal expectations and everything, obviously men experience mm -hmm. this too, but I think women are more expected to take care of a lot of this stuff. Yeah, and there's, I know there's a lot of cartoons. I'll see if I can find it and then link it in the show notes um, okay. that talk about this. Um, yeah because it's it's an actual thing like we see something that needs to get done and we do it and then as we're doing it we see other things so it compounds and then all of a sudden you're super stressed because you have a list of things that need to do just because you tried to get that one thing that you knew needed to get done done so I get that there's a lot of frustration with it and I just I feel so grateful that I'm at a point in my life where I have the time to do the things that I need to do as they come up. And mm. I can also give myself the grace to say, hey, you don't need to do this right now. Let it wait till tomorrow because you have time tomorrow as well to get this done. Yes. So it's not overwhelming, an overwhelming power that comes over me. It's, I have time. Slow it yes. down. Take a break. I totally agree with that. It does just kind of these things up and definitely having kids not having kids or like my daughters in daycare um makes it a lot easier yeah because if she was or when she was home with me all day every day it was very much I have this time to do it if I'm held up in any way shape or form I no longer have that time to do it and then I have to push it to the next day which all of my time for all the chores that I need to get done like something's going to get pushed and then just something's not going to get done. So yeah. it's like when Bug was home with us all day, every day, Peter took on a significant portion of the cleaning and cooking um, because, well, then my job was childcare. My number one job every single day was caring for our daughter. Versus where, and then like things like housework was... If I have the ability to, I can get it done. But if yeah. I don't, well, my job is childcare. So that's a stay-at-home parent. Your job is childcare. If you get the cleaning done, great. If you don't, it's a team job. Yeah. And if you have kids, you should never strive for a clean house. Because oh, no. you're just gonna, like, you're just tidy. gonna stress yourself out. Yeah, it's just it's tidy. Yeah, it'd be an organized mess. That's what I like to say. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Rooted Homestead podcast. If you'd like to keep up with and support the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review on iTunes or Spotify, or share your favorite episode. Thanks again for joining us today. Until next time.